I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. This is the show where myself, Tom Crane, and my co-host Simran Shah go into the homes of celebrities, have their favourite takeaway with them, just as they'd normally have it. And it's great to be back for another exciting episode. How are you, Sim? Are you well? I'm very good, Tom. I am very good. So, do you know what happened to me yesterday? What happened to you yesterday, Sim? I followed up on a promise. (sighs) to a, oh. uh, someone, to a listener. I'm so, so excited about this, Simran. Do you, do you want to fill in the listeners? Uh, to, for those who haven't okay. heard, what, what's the situation here? So the situation is a listener last week emailed in to say that they uh, are deprived of certain takeaway food, so they end up doing takeaway mashups. Yeah. And um, a takeaway mashup uh, that's been suggested was a Jalfrezi on a pizza. <laughs> so... <laughs> okay. Which can't work, which absolutely... I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my opinion at this point. There's no way on earth that can work, surely. But maybe I'm wrong. But you, you went away and you tested it. Is this right? That's absolutely right, Tom. I went away and I tested it. Okay. And I took one. I took one for the favourite takeaway team. <laughs> okay, this is... I just took one for the favourite takeaway team. <laughs> That's okay. very kind. That's very kind. There was absolutely, it was, there was no, no effort on my part to go, no, no, Sim, let me, I'll, I'll do this. I just completely let you take the bullet. And I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Um, so you went away and you, did you, did you buy a takeaway pizza? What so inspired get? by Alex, who sent in the takeaway mashup idea, yeah. I decided to give it a go. This is what happened. I ordered a Domino's pizza. Now, if you were listening last week, you would know that I had a... I ordered a thin and crispy Domino's pizza. Now, I had one slice left of this thin and crispy Domino's pizza. Yeah. And I then ordered some Indian food. I ordered chicken jalfrezi, as Alex wanted me to. Yeah. Now, I took out the slice and... I had two options. Do I, this is a next day slice. Do I reheat the slice or do I keep it cold? Okay. Yeah, that's a tricky one. We can get, this is a tricky one. I'm sure there's at least three series worth of content. So what did you go for? Did you go cold? I went cold. Yes, that's what I'd have done because my worry is that heat would mean there wouldn't be enough rigidity to support the curry. Because when you heat a piece of pizza from the night before, it tends to go a bit floppy. So already, early doors, I'm with you. I'm backing you on this. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supporting your okay. method. You're showing, you're showing okay. your workings and I'm liking them. 
So the next thing that happened was I took out the Jalfrezi, um, the container with the Jalfrezi inside it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I took a spoon from the cupboard. Guys, obviously, I took a spoon from the cupboard. Now, the reason I say obviously is because the option was there <laughs> to pour straight from the container the curry sauce, yep. the gravy, onto the pizza. I decided instead to spoon the curry sauce onto the pizza as if I was in a Michelin-starred restaurant plating up a piece of food. That's exactly how I imagine. You know I imagine I mean? you're doing those those little dots around the pizza. So, little yeah, so I've taken the spoon, I've put a dollop of the sauce at the top of the pizza near the crust, <laughs> yeah. and I then spread it using the back of the spoon to the pointy end of the pizza. Very nice. Very, ma- very master chef, the professionals. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, though it didn't have that sort of smear with the gap in the middle. It ended up just being a full spread, like I'd done some, put some jam on it. Okay, so so we have our cold slice of pizza. We have the um, the spread jalfrezi spread across it. And then on top of that, Ooh. a very carefully placed cube of chicken thigh. Right. Okay. Okay. I've now got the chicken jalfrezi <laughs> sauce and meat on top of my Domino's thin and crispy margarita pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. This is sounding a little bit like sort of sexy fan fiction to do with Simran Shah. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of thing like a weird listener would email us. Just, I've been imagining you and in your kitchen, you, you slowly drizzle <laughs> sauce across the pizza. Simran's wearing nothing but his underpants. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for contacting the show. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, then what happens? Then, and as you rightly identify, Crane, yeah. uh, I couldn't... <laughs> If it had been a hot pizza, <laughs> the moment of lifting the pizza up to my mouth would no doubt have collapsed yes. because of the weight of the sauce and the and the hot pizza. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't the right structure. Okay. So I lifted the pizza slice. It was flat and firm, this yeah. pizza slice. <laughs> Delivered it up to the mouth. Took a big old bite, big old bite, getting that chicken in, getting that Jaffrezi curry sauce in, getting that tomato, getting that cheese, getting that crispy Domino's base, getting it all in, getting it all in. I've got to say, first impression, mainly Jaffrezi. Couldn't really taste taste anything else except bread because it's a cold pizza. So first impression, absolutely fine. Okay, No problem at all. You basically just got a naan there, but with cheese and tomato sauce. Okay. Um, Then what was contained inside the Jaffrezi pizza was a little, little surprise that I hadn't expected to enter the mouth. And I started chewing. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been on the toilet for six days since. (laughs) Um, As I bit into this uh, mash-up pizza, I felt myself suddenly chewing on something that I didn't place there. Oh, it no. wasn't the chicken. It wasn't the cheese and tomato sauce. It wasn't the crispy base. It wasn't the curry sauce. Okay. What was it? It was a thick old cardamom pod. It's oh. what it was. And that made me realize that when you chew, when you bite into a piece of cardamom, when you've got a curry, yeah. it basically does destroy that mouthful. Absolutely. Nothing you can do about it. That mouthful is ruined. It's wasted. Yeah. You p- take out the cardamom pod and it's this sort of slightly soft, stringy thing and you put it to one side and you pursue with the rest. But had I not bit into the cardamom pod, I think it would have been absolutely fine. But now that I bit into the cardamom pod, the whole thing was ruined. 
I love cardamom, but I just say I love cardamom, but I don't like biting into it raw. So you know, it just it, and and that made me think, Crane, that there's quite often a meal can be ruined, even if it is a brand new bespoke cocktail of a meal like this, by a, a surprising ingredient. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. In this case, the cardamom pod. What are your thoughts on this? Well, to step through a couple of things. First of all, so you you think as an idea the. Jalfrezi pizza can work if it's cardamom free. You think it actually can work, or do you think you're ba- you're basically just getting Jalfrezi? Is that basically what you're getting there? Well, look, I, if I'm being honest, I obviously haven't done it in the way that it could have been done. Yes, because I think that probably the way to do it. I'm not saying I'm going to do it again. <laughs> but the way, another way this, can't it. Something, something, this can't be every week you do. You're slightly <laughs> tweaking the Jalfrezi pizza for like 15 series. <laughs> it's a very small change every time till you get it right. I reckon the other idea would would be to get a pizza delivered hot with okay. full ingredients on it, and then the Jalfrezi on top. Because actually, a cold margarita is as close as you're going to get just to a plain naan bread. Well, and I think what you want is as close as you can get to a proper meat feast pizza. A proper mashup would yeah. be a stuffed crust, pepperoni, meat feast pizza with a fresh Jalfrezi curry <laughs> plastered on top of it, poured on top. Do you think there's space for a chain of Indo-Italian restaurants across the UK? Are we? Is this, is this the next... <laughs> sort of untrodden <laughs> land <laughs> so but it'd be stuff like you i guess you get like a, a a garlic naan bread which is just a garlic naan but it's in the shape of a, of a garlic bread so it's like rolled over and it's long so there's a few little things like that i don't know i, don't, I haven't really thought this through <laughs> but it feels like maybe no, indo italian think... could be the next brave frontier for for takeaway food okay uh, uh, if you're listening if you've got any suggestions for the name of of our Indo-Italian. Let's just make it not too racist, our names. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, just yeah. to be clear, let's get some fun names in there. Uh, let's, if you've got some maybe, names... Maybe, you, maybe of, you can deal with that section, Simran. Maybe you can yeah, do I'll deal with that. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that. This is my domain. So if you've got any names for your Indo-Italian restaurant, send them over. Yes. Okay, perfect. I like that. Uh, Pizza Darjeeling Express? Very nice. There you are. That is very, very nice. That is what I would describe as a technically robust joke, which is not actually funny. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) that was mathematically correct. It was was in the ballpark of humour. You could see humour in the distance, but we weren't in the city of humour, were we? Let's let's be honest. We were on the outskirts. Okay, your second question there, Simran, your second question was basically, are there things that I can bite into in a meal that for me will completely ruin the meal? Is that, is that basically your, your question? That's correct. Yeah. So for me, that would be an aubergine in moussaka. Um, I'm not a fan oh. of moussaka, but basically an, an aubergine that has been cooked too much, that it's gone too mushy, will completely ruin a dish for me. That's, that's, I've got a real problem with it. The same with ratatouille, anything that's been, any vegetable that's been overcooked in a, one of those sort of dishes where it's gone really mushy, for me, it's just like, I, 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 it's all, I'm feeling sick just thinking about it. Sorry, Craig. Yeah. Papa John's. I'm just going to put it out there. Papa. <laughs> got it. I got there in the end. I got there in the end. And for those that don't know, for those that don't know, Papad is the, if you've listened to the podcast, the the, the authentic way of saying Papa Dom. So instead of Papa Dom Johns, Papa Johns. And that actually is only that, a technically robust joke. That's actually a very, very good, that's that is, a very good part. It got a genuine laugh. It got a genuine laugh rather than, oh yeah, that Papa works. Papa Johns, that there you go. So okay. that would be my one thing. But my, my other thing would be, um, 
this is a this is a weird one for me. Like oysters, I have a, I quite like the flavour of oysters, but the, the texture of it, I have a real problem with. I kind of I I've, I just, so much so that I can't. It just it's, it doesn't work for me as a thing. Do you like oysters? I do like oysters, but I can't ever have them again after being um, uh, essentially poisoned by oysters at a at a at a at a wedding. Oh, no. um, and, yeah, the whole ba- a whole batch was off. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. Like the whole wedding. Yeah, I, 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 for me, I, 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 the, the, the texture of oysters is, is 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 the is the worst thing in the world for me. That's my problem. In but to the extent that um, well, I'll tell you one of the worst things that ever happened to me is when I went out for a meal with a friend of the show, Josh Widdicom, and his wife and my girlfriend Claire. We went to this <laughs> restaurant, this French restaurant, and at the uh, end of the meal, as a thank you, because we've been pleasant customers, uh, they brought around. A plate with five free oysters for the table. <laughs> Josh doesn't eat oysters because he's vegetarian. His wife wasn't eating oysters at that point because she was going through a vegetarian period. My girlfriend has a seafood allergy, and, we, and they decided on my behalf that we didn't want to offend the restaurant. So I had to have five oysters in a row. Uh, the table's oysters I had to eat, so we didn't offend them. And it's the most it's it's the worst ten minutes of my life. Never again. <laughs> Never again. How did so you do it? Straight, thing. straight. Did you, do, did you do five in a row, quick and quick succession? I did, and I, and I, 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 I held my nose like in, in a cartoon. It was like, <laughs> it was so lame. But well, I, you know, I took that for the team. What else am I supposed to do? Hold them all in my mouth and run to the loo? I don't know. You've got to, you've got to, you know, <laughs> just terrible, absolutely terrible. So that, so that for me is is my problem. Taste. Um, actually, on the subject of weird ingredients and things you don't expect to see in meals. You talk about your cardamom pop sort of playing too strong a role in your pizza. We got an email from uh, a chap called Chris Edwards who lives in Shenzhen in China. He's a listener. And he has said, you may be interested to know that a common takeaway pizza in southern China is the durian pizza. Now, I don't know if you know about durian. Durian is this incredibly smelly fruit. It's not as smelly as normal durian, he said, but it does add a unique sweetness when cooked. However, this is such a common occurrence that foreigners need to search carefully for brands that do not serve durian on their pizza. So this incredibly strong, smelly fruit. If you have a pizza in Shenzhen in China, the chances are that's what you're getting on it, apparently. So, yeah, there you go. Interesting. You're learning. Wow. Learning. By learning. Always learning. Indeed. Which got me thinking, Simran. I think it'd be quite interesting to hear from our listeners if there are weird takeaway dishes on offer wherever they live in the world be that in the uk or if they're a listener abroad are there things that you can get where you live that you know are particular to where you live that you think we should know about uh for example there's the butter chicken pizza in uh, nova scotia we got an email about that a little while ago anything along those lines we'd love to hear about so you can contact the show in many ways and here's how You can follow us on Insta on My Favourite Takeaway Podcast, on Twitter on Fav Takeaway Pod, or email us hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Right, next up, we have our chat with Elizabeth Day, the award-winning author and a broadcaster and chart-topping podcaster. We ate some very, very delicious Lebanese food with her in her beautiful house in South London. It was a delight and chatting to her was very, very, very nice. So we are here in... Where are we? I've just got... Vauxhall, I've, Vauxhall, there we are. <laughs> so that's five seconds in, and I've, 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 I've shown quite how incompetent I am. People normally manage a couple of sentences, but no. <laughs> Immediately. See, I, I came in, a, in an Uber here, and I wasn't quite sure I leapt out. It is Vauxhall. And the food that we have in front of us smells beautiful. Now, Well, I, I sort of feel weirdly protective of it, because I've said this is my favourite takeaway, yeah. and I just sincerely hope that... Beirut, where I always order my Lebanese from, has lived up to the billing. Like, I'm actually worried <laughs> about whether you'll like it or not. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's but I'm worried the, you're going to judge it's me. the first time we've had Lebanese food. It is, yeah. yeah. So I think, actually, you're already ahead. Points of for that. Oh, Points good. for that. I, it's one of my favourite cuisines. I love, a, I love an aubergine, and that's not a euphemism. I literally, <laughs> just, I literally just love an aubergine. Well, yeah. I, I noticed when the order came, you've ordered baba ganoush is one of the things. Yes. I became weirdly obsessed with baba ganoush at university. Like, it blew at my university? mind when I first... Yeah, that, that is was my fancy. I thought you were going to say, like, <laughs> over the pandemic, like, I started getting more baba ganoush instead of hummus. But university... God, I did. I, yeah, my okay. life was basically sort of... Uh, of course not. No, no, no. It, was, it would be cheap pasta dolmio sauce and then a lot of baba ganoush in that was mine not in the pasta no but just is in the fridge in the, in the fridge <laughs> or the cupboard so you were having pasta with dolmio sauce and then you would have baba ganoush on the side uh spoon, often they, spoon, they were just spoon <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm so in love with baba ganoush i believe that i think baba ganoush would work as a side with pretty much anything i actually it's think beautiful. it would work as a pasta sauce now that you're talking yes, about it I, there's a could... smokiness that would work i yes. think so look, I, I think we're going to be billionaires off the back of that <laughs> now um so, so we've got it, it smelled delicious um i i did something quite satisfying i pulled up in my taxi as the guy was pulling up which is really quite nice it's quite i've never but achieved that before how did he know that you were actually the person who ordered yes, the very, food yes very very good question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good question i just want something here as well i was talking loudly about baba ganoush in the street and uh, <laughs> he thought this must be the guy um, no he, he said i waved and he went are you the guy with the and i came across and then he said this this is unlikely he said sorry i thought it was going to be tom cruise it said on the thing it was going to be tom cruise oh Bless. Which feels unlike. I don't know why he thought my name's Tom Crane. I don't what? know why he thought from this order, but he was like visibly disappointed that it wasn't Tom Cruise. <laughs> so, um, shall we get out this food? And do you, do you want to tell us what we're we're having today? So we've got obviously the flatbreads. They always give a slightly too much bread, oh, but then last week was every week. Okay, this is my favourite thing. This is the aubergine stew, mm. which is a melange of like roasted aubergines in a tomato sauce with chickpeas and a bit of pepper. And coriander that there. That looks so incredible. incredible. Yeah. It's got that sort of deep red, it's got that deep red vibe to it. Mm. And it's got that sort of slightly oily. Yes. I quite like the little bit of oil at the top of something. I'm always, I don't know, with a, with a curry, I'm never sort of 
Never scared t- off by that. I, I think quite like a on. little. Yeah, 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 yeah. If the cardboard is getting translucent, <laughs> yes, I'm basically it's a sign of a good takeaway. It's going to be fucking good. This yeah. is going to be good. You want to be walking home with it, thinking, "Is this going to collapse? Yeah, is exactly. it? Is it, is it, is it is the structure integrity of my box? And it's just, it's just, it's just original cardboard. I'm not, I'm not interested. <laughs> it needs to be. It so needs true. to be soaked through an oil. A sort of Turin yeah. shroud effect. Is <laughs> 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 what you want. The outline of a pizza. Okay, okay. Uh, next box. What's this? Uh, this box is the chicken. So it's oh, half, my oh, I know. goodness me. Um, this is half a, a marinated grilled chicken. And, wow. and it's come with saffron rice. Oh. Incredible. Very nice. Very classy, then. Yeah. There's a real rice. sort of... I love that sort of char-grilled... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a slight burning on the... which we, uh, That's beautiful. That looks absolutely you're perfect. Always, I'm always... I always think... If you were like a cook at home, you, you're always nervous about charring food. Yeah. You always think like, you always want to take it off the grill or off the heat, probably sooner than you should. Yeah. It's always okay to char. I think meat. it's, I think something, I would rather something is slightly overcharred than sort of, I like that, I hate sort of limp chicken skin. That's the worst thing. Oh, when, that's horrible. When someone's oh, that's, grilling that it that and they haven't, yeah. or that they haven't it. sealed it properly. If you're doing a, if you're doing a yeah. curry and you haven't sealed it properly with a pan and the, and the skin just feels a bit sort of translucent and yeah. I, I, I hate that. I'd always rather slightly overdone skin. But, uh, you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, feel free to disagree. Email us. Um, okay, uh, next box. What's what's in here? I Oh, there's more rice. More rice. More so saffron rice? Okay. Actually, I feel like they've changed the rice. Like, oh, no, they haven't. So you know that Lebanese Persian-style rice where it's a long grain? Yeah. That's yes, my favourite yep, kind. Yep. And that's what they've done here. It's a kind of saffron rice. Actually, another one of my favourite cuisines is Persian, and they do amazing crispy rice, Tadiq. But we don't have that here. We just have another box of kind what of yellow rice. What's the crispy rice? rice? Oh my gosh, it's so good. So they make, they boil the rice and then I believe you fry it to get a kind of crispy base, almost oh, like a rice pancake. Oh, yes, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. so delicious. And my friend Roya's mum makes amazing tadik. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favourite things. In sushi, some sushi places also do crispy rice, like a sort of crispy rice tuna. Yeah. And apparently the Japanese got that from the Persians. Oh, really? Fun. Okay. Oh, a fun little fact. Yeah, I've started that. doing my rice in a slightly different oh, these way. I've started taking things from the Persians. <laughs> so <laughs> right, the British way, Museum. The way I do my rice is I get some, I get some basmati rice. Yeah. I will sort of strain it through some water, and then I will um, put it in a frying pan with a little bit of olive oil, dr- dr- so it's it, it's mm. not cooked through. And then I put cold water on it. I also like to put sultanas and almonds in it, which, which oh, is like oh, And then nice. you um, cover it and you bring it to a boil and you keep it on a low heat. Do that for about 15 minutes and it has that sort of slight crispiness. Oh, the bottom layer will have delicious. a crispiness. It's amazing. Right. Yeah, when it's you so serve good. it, are you serving it, do you flip it over so the crispiness is at the top? I should do that. I mean, that's quite a nice that, way of presenting yeah, it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the Persian way. Yeah. And but that seems a bit show. I'm eating in my kitchen with my girlfriend and my mother-in-law. I don't need me flipping is things around. Is your mother-in-law living with you? Well, she and does she live with us for two days of childcare a week. So, oh, and okay. then she goes back to, back to Norfolk. Do you have a child? We do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. It makes no I, sense. <laughs> I have some unresolved mother issues. <laughs> she holds me for a few hours. Tells me I'm a good boy. <laughs> Yes, we, we do. We do. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, she comes. She comes and uh, saves our lives with that, uh, which is great. But mm-hmm. we, I try to cook. To cook. It's always a nice thing to do for people, isn't it? It's nice to cook. Are you, are you a cook? Nice. Do you? Do you um... Well, I was a cook. Okay. <laughs> and I can cook. 
but I'm married to someone who annoyingly, I mean, not annoyingly because I also benefit, but he's just a much better cook than I am. And he's really good at it and he enjoys it. And so obviously that's a huge advantage because I get to just sit back and eat it. But I feel like I've slightly lost my skill set. Oh, yes. That's really interesting. Would so, you ever cook together, you and your husband? Would you ever, would you form a interesting. Kind of cooking partnership? No, because I think he likes to be in control when he's yes. in the kitchen. So I don't think he, I think he'd find it less relaxing if I were there too. As like a sous chef, even yeah. as a sous chef, would you not? I'm going to ask him. Let's ask him later when he comes no, back No, I, I completely get that. I'd much Do rather you? cook on my own. So would you ever suggest to your partner how... Like if he had to, how to improve cooking. Never. never. Okay. But not because he would react badly to that. I think he'd really appreciate it, but because it would just never cross my mind because I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, huh? and, and generally speaking, I think is uh, genuinely his food is delicious. So, okay. there'd be no, yeah, be no so what sort of things would he cook then? What's his? Um, well, actually, when you were describing the rice that you make, so yeah. he, um, he makes a meal, which I'm obsessed with, which is sort of very Mediterranean in flavor. Uh, has that kind of rice with slow roast lamb. Oh. Imagine the pomegranate oh, seeds yes. thrown yeah. through it. Or yeah. oh, that's, roast that's... Um, butternut squash. Oh. Like just delicious. Then he'll do a great like aubergine moussaka because oh. he knows how to please his audience. Yeah, <laughs> me. Uh, he does really delicious healthy fish tacos in kind yep. of lettuce. God, that's one hell of a meal, isn't it? And oh just so we can so find good. out whether, whether you should be cooking, what what would you be cooking? Do you know what I'm good at? I'm good at cooking with what's there. Oh, with ingredients that are just in the... in the. Yes. I'm so bad at that. Okay, I think I'm quite okay, good at that. So I think okay, I'm a sort of pragmatic cook. Oh. So uh, I will often cook um, a stew, like some sort yeah. of stew, kind of liquid base, like a coconut, <laughs> a tin of coconut milk, and your roast sweet potato curry type thing. I mean, that, sounds, that. that sounds very nice. And are Just, you coming up with that yourself? Or is yes. That from a, okay, yeah. I'm always blown away by cooking. Does like your that. husband yeah. critique your food? Uh, so I don't take criticism well. <laughs> <laughs> so that was <laughs> once. He, he did once. No, <laughs> never he's again. never done that. He's always been really complimentary about it. And I also think I'm obsessed with salt. Which is yeah, why I brought yeah, the sauce salt out. Is the best. What do you want to start with? What do you What do you think we should start with? Well, we haven't opened the dips yet, so um, oh, I know yes, they're the down dips. there, and there's yeah. hummus and baba ganoush. You're going to be excited, Tom. There is one thing about this. So this hummus here, they had two types of hummus. They had one with harissa, one without harissa. I went without harissa well because yeah. I'm very, very allergic to harissa. Are you? So and cats, which I'm so sorry because mildly we have one. allergic <laughs> to cats, very allergic to harissa, extremely allergic to a cat covered in harissa. That's where yeah. I have. So, okay. but, so I. Well, if only I'd known. Because <laughs> but just... I would be. It would be the end of my evening. I would be. Yeah, I'd, I'd be. Do terrible. you have any other allergies? It's just harissa. Harissa is my only one. Do yeah. you have any allergies? Similar? I actually. Um, it's as if it's as if you were you were in my house only yesterday. When I got the results of my allergy test. What? I, also I did an allergy test. test recently. And what were they? And I'm allergic to Timothy grass. What? Which is, a is that a person or is that a... <laughs> Timothy <laughs> grass. He was a bully at school. He's a bully at and school, he called yeah. me a dork. I don't know. I don't like him. <laughs> um, What's Timothy grass? It's a type of grass pollen. I just keep thinking of him as a person. <laughs> it was definitely... It was discovered by a man called Timothy, <laughs> wasn't it? So Tim... It so was I, a real I, snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so so Terrible so, time in prison. so yeah. when Tim is really like prevalent, yeah. then I, I I do have a, a severe reaction to it. Um, my allergies are food based and recently acquired. So when I started dating my now husband, 
he used to take me very kindly on n- nice meal to nice meals, nice restaurants yeah. where there was a lot of kind of foam oh, and yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. seven minuscule courses when actually you'd rather have like <laughs> one massive Domino's yeah, yeah, pizza. Yeah, yeah. And um, the first three times that we went on those dates. I like projectile vomited afterwards, which oh is, my God, which is no. the most unsexy thing you can ever imagine. And and actually, the fact that he kept asking me out, I think, is testament to the kind of person he is. Yeah. And so, and I couldn't work out what it was. And then I narrowed it down. And this is where I I'm going to sound. You're allergic to tasting menus. Is I that mean, what it was? I, am, <laughs> like, I can't bear them now. It's just too much fat. The conclusion I came to is that I'm a woman of the people, and my allergies <laughs> are incredibly like anti-elitist. So. Right. I basically whittled it down to two things, oysters or caviar. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth, I think those are the two most relatable allergies. It's heavy for season for some and caviar and oyster season for others. Well, look, I don't know whether in these allergy tests... They test for caviar. They don't because <laughs> Sim, I went to get tested, and that's part of the issue. Not it's on like, the NHS, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said to me. They were like, "Bring if you if if it's anything that's not covered in the allergy test." So they do shell. I thought it was shellfish. They do, at that yeah, stage. crustaceans and crustaceans. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can't turn up. First of all, I can't turn up with a pot of caviar because I'm not going to fuck I don't have that lying around the house. And I just don't want to be that person who's like, I think it might be caviar. And so I didn't do it. But by process of elimination, I think that must be it, which is weird. That's I'm okay incredible. with Codro. Right. Um, what, what dish should we uh, try first? Uh, this, this chicken, should we all try a bit of that? Yes. Okay, right. This is the uh, grilled chicken. Um, Sort of Charred to perfection. Charred grilled chicken. Yeah. I guess the thing that I like about this is... I always get slightly disappointed if it's just a plain chicken breast. Yes. And this feels like I've got straight for the thigh here. Okay. <laughs> and it's charred. And if a chicken thigh, Thank which, you. and the way they've done it here, is very moist. Yes. And that, I think, is always the best bit of the chicken. Well, you see, I disagree with you respectfully. Okay. Oh, right. okay. I know that go. I'm wrong. I know that I'm wrong. But I much prefer a chicken breast. I'm not good with food that has bones in it. Ah, I have a sort of like you had a visceral hatred of cling film and tinfoil. Yes, I have yeah. that about bones. I think it makes it so real. Sorry, this is again. I feel like I'm talking about really grotesque things not for what no, is no, essentially a food podcast. <laughs> no, no, this is great. But like the bits of cartilage and stuff. I'm like, I don't. Oh, you don't like that? No, you Do weirdo. You like Why that? would you yeah. like that? So I'm the middle ground. I, I like that. Okay. I'm probably the sensible space between the two of you. <laughs> I I bite off <laughs> the cartilage too. on the bones and chew. Do you? Yeah. But oh, that's why? My grandmother did that. Yeah. And so growing up, I would eat the whole of the chicken bone, including the cartilage bit at the end. What? You know, above the joint. You've got a chicken wing. I'm yeah. eating that thing until there's basically... How much of that are you eating? Quite a lot of it. Really? The cartilage bit I'm eating. The little white bit, the cartilage yeah, yeah, at the top. Yeah, so you're yeah, eating yeah, that. You're yeah, chewing, yeah, that I'm chewing that out. I'm chewing that off. I'm Is chewing it tasty? That off I love it. I like the texture of it. Wow. Really? Yeah. What is the texture? Because I've never gone anywhere near it. It's cartilagey bone. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you'd expect it to be. <laughs> it sounds so really delicious when you put it like that. Yeah. It tastes like a Mars bar. It's, yeah. It is what it is. But I'm, and I also quite like the bones of uh, the heads of fish. So I'll eat really? that as well. But so would you uh, would you pick bones out, Elizabeth, in food? Or would you like, and if it's a fish with yeah. loads of bones in it? If I were ordering it in a restaurant, I would ensure that 
the waiter deboned it. Actually, with fish, it's that I'm just always so scared that a fish a fish bone might get lodged in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do get that fear. No, yeah. I get yeah. that. I hate I get the little fear. spindly bones in yeah. fish. Those yes. are the ones that freak yes. me out. They're sort of on yeah. their way exactly. to being horrible, a bone, but not quite horrible. quite a bone. <laughs> um, I don't know why do I... I just have a real, a real antipathy towards it. I don't mind a lamb chop bone. Okay, yeah, that's... Because uh, you're holding the bone there. You know it's not going to go down but you, your throat. The lamb yeah. chop bone is very... Is very clear where the it's bone so starts and ends. I think that's yeah. what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not meat is what a lamb chop bone screams. Yes, exactly. Whereas bones inside a fish are trying to trick you. Yeah, or like mini chicken bones. I'm like, where yeah, are yeah. you? Where are you in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, no I, I, I do get that. I do get that. I'm not quite as extreme as that. But I'm trying, are there, what, what boneless animals are there that maybe you could <laughs> <laughs> really focus your sort of your culinary? Well, like... There's the worm. <laughs> <laughs> prawns, 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 lobster. Prawns, like I prawns, actually, apart from oysters, love shellfish okay. because yeah. there, the bone equivalent is again very obvious. It's on the outside, yes. so once you crack into that, it's fine. So you don't mind the sort of unshelling no. of, of something and taking so off the little legs and the, cl- the claws and that kind of stuff. The little I don't, legs I don't that prawn mind that. are gross. They are horrible little things. Oh, I eat yeah. them too. Knock them back. They're Can actually you? very good for you as well. As is the head. You've got to suck the, the head the of a prawn. Allerg- the allergy doctor told me that they're really good for you. Yeah, the prawn shells and stuff are very. But the prawn shell is what, what that contains the essence of the prawn. It's weird that I've got no problem with that. Well, I suppose they're not hidden, as you say. They're not, they're not hidden within the food. And it's the little leg's not going to get stuck in your throat either, is it? It's so small. No, you're, no. You're not really, you'll, be, you'll feel it sort of clamber down your throat, but you're not yeah. gonna, it's not going to get stuck. With a fish, it feels sinister. With, <laughs> a, with a shellfish, I sort of feel like I know what I'm dealing with. And with a chicken bone, there is that sense of like, where's the bone? But also, like, I can visualise a chicken. It makes it easier for me to visualise a living chicken when there's like a chicken wing with those bits of like plucked yeah, feather. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I can't bear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, well, we have in front of us, so we've, we've, had, we've had this, we've had this. <laughs> this well, that's, 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 <laughs> a fishy, grotesque way of getting into <laughs> the food. Yeah. The chicken. But the so, chicken here has been fantastic. Yeah, this one normally comes with that. You can choose the bit with that bone. Oh, yeah, that is delicious. Well, I didn't know which way you were going to go there. <laughs> so nice. It's nice, isn't it? It's moist. It really is. It is oh, moist. Well that's absolutely delicious. Okay. And yeah, that sort of slight charring is, is, is delicious. Also, this aubergine stew, uh, when it's just me or there's something left over, I leave it overnight in the fridge and then it's so delicious the next day for lunch. It's one of those oh, things that where is it just good, yeah, yeah. marinates in the spices and stuff. So let, let's let's talk. Should we talk about takeaways, uh, your experience with takeaways yeah. and growing up and sort of... Let, yes. let's, let's go through that. Did you have takeaways growing up what was what was your what's your takeaway life did you as a kid did you have takeaways literally none (laughs) (laughs) i know but i and i'll tell you why it's because i was a kid of the 80s and when i was four we moved to rural ireland oh really yeah rural northern ireland and there wasn't anywhere that would deliver to us i don't even know if takeaways really existed then so how small a place did you move to we lived in the middle of the countryside, so um, there was a, a house opposite us that no one lived in. It was a sort of derelict house. Yep. And the closest uh, conurbation, like the closest village was, I'm going to say like a half hour cycle ride away. And then the closest city was a half hour drive away. So that was Derry. So if any fans of Derry girls, that's where yeah. I, that's basically yeah. where I grew up. Um, but I remember with great excitement the first Chinese restaurant opening up. And I think I must have been about eight. And it was called Food for Thought in oh. Bally Kelly. And I 
absolutely loved it. And we used to yeah. go there. It was a 45 minute drive to get there. A 45 minute drive? <gasps> yeah. And but it that was, must be so exciting. It was so exciting. And I remember like really happy family occasions there. We would go to celebrate birthdays and stuff. And I, I became obsessed with Chinese food. So what was the look of this place? As you drove up to it as a child, what are you seeing? What's this first Chinese restaurant you went to? Do you know what I mean by an American strip mall? Where yeah. it's all kind of yeah, low-slung yeah. buildings. Oh, and yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Sort of car park. It was, it was kind of like that building. It seemed very uh, nondescript on the outside. And then you walked in and there was a, a fish tank. So that's the height of glamour. Oh, there was one of those wow. sort of fish tanks. God, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was all kind of red and gold and over the top in that classic 1980s Chinese oh, restaurant way. I'm trying to think if there was a lazy Susan on each table. I don't think there was, maybe only in my retrospective imagination, but they did all of those classic sort of westernized Chinese dishes. Yes. The crispy seaweed. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, it makes please. me salivate just to think of so it. So what was what was your yeah, what was the order growing yeah, up? What was, was it? the order? What was the classic what was the day family order? Well, a crispy sea so we get mixed starters, crispy seaweed, spring rolls, prawn toast. I was mm. prawn sesame toast I was yeah. obsessed with. Yeah. No bones in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then for main course, we would get again I think we'd share. So it would be a combination of kind of the that like thin beef in black bean sauce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually do love a stir fried vegetable. I know you said no one ate the vegetables. No, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I, I yeah. love a yeah a mixed stir fried vegetable with the, with the Chinese milk with cashew nuts is my. Oh, that's oh. Delicious. you have to have There's, cashew yes, nuts. Delicious, yeah, crunch. Yeah, so nice. Yeah. I always like to have. Also, that makes me feel a little bit better about myself when I'm having a Chinese yes. meal. That I've gone, oh, well, that's a nod and a wink to something healthy. Exactly. <laughs> Although it probably <laughs> and then, isn't. And like chi the chicken with cashew nuts as well. I think we'd yeah. probably put that in as yeah. well. Yeah. And then um, for pudding, and I always remember this, we get lychees. And that was the first time I'd ever light eaten. Cheese. Like a tinned lychee. Oh, they just wow. emptied a tin of lychees into it, effectively a sort of martini glass. And again, <laughs> I just thought I was the most glamorous eight-year-old in the world. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, that's that's so really great. great. So, so would you, so after you had this sort of Chinese food as your... Takeaway. Yeah. Well, it's not a takeaway. You would go to the restaurant. Yes. And then when you went to university, yes. Did you branch out and did yeah. you like have, or or were you still just Chinese takeaway food? Still, <laughs> still return home out. to that. <laughs> still return home. Take that, that exactly journey. Same. Happy time. Take that journey back. Um, yeah. So at university, I think I was just such a stereotypical student. I got Where very, were you at university? I was at Cambridge. Okay. So not stereotypical in that respect because that's only for the privilege. So <laughs> apologies for that. Was there self-catering? Is it a catering option? There was a hall, yeah, halls, a halls where you could yeah. opt into that food if you wanted to. And there were, then there were kind of shared kitchens and stuff. Okay, fine. But I got very into like a late night kebab van. Um, like a visit Here back to the kebab van that you then take back to your room. Would you take it back to the room rather yes. than eat it out? Eat it out, or eat it on the streets. I'm just, I'm just trying to be um, respectful of the takeaway theme of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's I would fine. take it away from the van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To eat. With a kebab, I have to take it home. I, ha I can't eat it on the way back from a night out. I have to take it back, yeah. and I have to get a knife and fork out, and I have to get a plate out. So you wouldn't do that? You would eat it out straight out the carton yeah. when you're back home? Yeah, and also that, that oh my gosh, that delicious like sauce. Yeah. That sort of, I don't know what went into it, but that kind of white sauce. What is your kebab thing. order then? What are, you, what are you getting? Probably just your average sheesh. And then I'd get an order of chips okay, yeah. that I would drench in vinegar and then put loads of salt on, obviously. Yeah. Oh, that is lovely. Do you eat a kebab on the way home? Yeah. Uh, not, on the way, not on the way home. 
But when I get home, I will eat it. With a knife and fork like me and a plate? With a like knife a and fork like, like you. Because no. we, like oh. a good boy with a knife and fork. <laughs> with a knife and fork? Yeah, I'm That's quite so formal. Sweet. I'm quite formal with it. I have a knife and fork with basically everything, though. So it's plate, knife and fork, whatever. Soup, basically tacos, what it is. Soup's a tough tacos. one, isn't it, for you, Tom? As you know, I hate soup. I hate soup. And so for me, eating soup with a fork would be good because most of it would go through the fork and I wouldn't have to eat it. You hate soup? I've said it before. It's relentless. It doesn't stop. It's just the same mouthful over and over and over again. It's that's just so the same every time. What about like a minestrone or a soup that has lots of different bits in it? So that's slightly better because you can prod out a bit. So you I can go, oh, I love this. <laughs> yeah. I just think soup's rather, I just, I think it's boring. But I'm yeah. wrong, I'm sure. And people love it. But I find the texture boring. So from university, you were eating takeaways and yes. um, taking them home eating them. But you're now a, a very established writer. And what I would like to know is whether you have a sort of guilty pleasure of eating food to get you through some difficult writing or like is there do you have weird eating habits as yeah. you're writing and working I don't have takeaway habits specifically related to writing but sometimes with every book I will go I will try and go away at the beginning and end of a book to just like begin it and finish it so <laughs> I'll have like a week somewhere and hire an Airbnb and what I quite like is the feral nature of that because I'm just it's complete I'm completely on my own <laughs> and I get to eat whatever I want which is sometimes quite weird oh, right, so, okay. so I sometimes go into weird habits of like corn cakes with marmite and cucumber on them <laughs> Right. That right? Okay. Does that work? Oh, okay. I'm a, wait, yes, am I being ignorant here? What's a corn cake? So you know rice cakes. Yeah. It's that, but made out of corn, and you can oh. get them in Sainsbury's and stuff. But right, it's okay. just a nicer taste with marmite and then cucumber. Yeah. Well, because I love salt, so I love yeah. marmite. Yeah. yeah, love salt. And then the cucumber is just like a really nice balancing out factor. Yeah, oh, I, can, no, I, I can. I can. I can see, see that. that. The sort of the watery, the sort of fresh, yeah. a freshness yeah, a freshness to a cucumber to that will cut through the the marmite, which can be quite strong. I like marmite and peanut butter. I'm a big fan of Delicious. that together. It works really, really well. And marmite and hummus is also really nice. Yes, you, I'm very aware that you asked me at the beginning about my my guilty takeaway pleasure because I oh, do yeah. have one. It's just that I don't associate it with writing. Yeah. So alongside writing books, I also have my own podcast, How to Fail, and I started great doing... great podcast. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's fantastic. Very good. Yeah. It's really it's fantastic. I listened. I listened to the Delia one recently, which is really good. Did it play? She's lovely. Yeah, she's so good. She's so lovely. She sat where you're sitting, right there. How do you control your the fear of failure? Part of the reason I gave up stand-up was because I had a really unhealthy relationship with what the gig was going to be. So I would go there and I would constantly assume it was going to go badly. Mm-hmm. Even though it would been my job for eight years, so obviously it, it wasn't because <laughs> it was it was my for it for it to be your income for it to be your living it has to be going well enough that people yeah. are rebooking you. But every gig I would go, oh, this is going to be a disaster, and I would have a sort of physical chest, almost like a homesickness feeling in my chest of it beforehand. I always find it very hard to control that and rationalise. Yeah. What do you do? You, have you ever felt that? Yes. And what did you do? I think you've just described it in such an acutely beautiful way. It's exactly that homesickness feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the first thing, you start with observing it. So so rather than being ashamed of it or panicked by it, you observe the fact that you're feeling it because there's nothing wrong with feeling fear. Because sometimes fear, what it's telling you is that you're about to step into the unknown. But sometimes the unknown can be where growth is made. Sometimes the unknown is an opportunity. And, and sometimes your fear is telling you that and it's slightly misreading it because your brain only has certain signals that it can send back to you to be like, oh, alert, here's this thing <laughs> that you might not recognize. Yeah. And so it starts with that and with identifying whether it's fear that serves you or 
fear that doesn't. Sometimes it will be fear that serves you because if a tiger's running mm. towards you, then you probably want to get out of its path. <laughs> but sometimes it isn't. And it's a sort of default narrative that you've grown up with for whatever reason, probably because of those people who are mean to you when you were a choir boy. <laughs> and it's still there looping around in your head. But you are allowed as an evolving human to grow out of that and to be the person that you are now. Mm. Yeah, how, that's really how do you tell the difference between i know the fear that's uh not serving you yeah is um a good one like that's quite hard like the fear it's hard to do it's hard to do how do you differentiate it well uh, one of the really helpful things that i found um and it's well there are two things first of all i would start by ask it's almost like you have a conversation with your brain so one of the most beloved guests ever on How to Fail was a man called Mo Gaudat, who developed an algorithm for happiness. And he's a big believer that you can train your brain to be happy. And you can do that by starting to name your brain. So when your brain is on that anxious, fearful loop, you ask it questions. So he names his brain Becky because there was a girl at school that he didn't like called Becky. And he's like, Becky, what's your evidence for that assertion? Because if you don't have evidence for that negative assertion, I'd like you to take it away and replace it with a positive one, if you wouldn't mind. And mm. although that sounds a bit weird, if you start doing that, it actually really helps. Because even if you can't straight away come up with a positive replacement, what you are doing is you're interrupting the flow and yeah. you're taking a breath and you're like, well, hang mm. on a second. Do I actually need to feel that or can I discard it? And then the other thing that I would say is the power of constructive pessimism. So Tom, what you were saying about always imagining that something was going to go wrong, <laughs> that can actually be really helpful. Yeah. Because if you're fearful of something and you're fearful of failure, if you say to yourself, well, what's the absolute worst thing that could happen? So for instance, if you're fearful of going for a promotion at work, the absolute worst thing that can happen is that you didn't get the promotion, you lose your job, you end up on the streets with no income. That would be horrendous. Could you cope with it? You wouldn't want to, but could you cope with it? Do yeah. you think you'd be okay at, on some purely philosophical level? And if the answer is yes, then you also have to imagine a world where the best could happen and you could get the promotion, you could become a multimillionaire and you can retire at the age of 32. Yeah. And the truth is probably going to lie somewhere in between those things. It's highly unlikely mm -hmm. that an extreme will actually come true. And that's really helped me as well. That's really interesting. Are there, and... Um, are there things that you do when you feel the worries are, when it's harder to sort of, because sometimes there must be points where it's sort yeah. of, because I, I always find that I'm drawn to, I sort of, I lie down in the shower. That's my thing. I'm always drawn to this so thing. How big is your shower? My shower. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a short man. Great question. <laughs> I've always done this when I'm worried. And I'm always, I like, um, I had a disaster when I lived in Turnpike Lane and I fell asleep in the I shower. I used to live in Turnpike Did Lane. You? Yes, Carlingford Road. Ah, I lived on, this is how bad my memory is. I don't know where uh, it, was. it was, but it was about three minutes walk from the tube station. Ditto. Yeah, I came yeah. out of the tube and basically turned back on myself as the road It was there. an incredible uh, Turkish place which did these yeah. wraps which just has mincemeat in it. It's, it's, I can't remember what the name mm. is, but it's, it's, it, yeah, it's amazing. It just does this one thing. But anyway, I lived down there. But I, we had a, uh, a wet room shower in there the reason I'm really telling this is not doesn't always work with me being less stressed because I fell asleep in my, my 
I bum, the my bum covered the uh, the plug hole, oh and God, it flooded God. the landing, and I was still asleep, and it flooded the flat below, and I was still asleep, <laughs> and then there was banging on the door from our neighbours, and I only heard them after about five minutes, and then banging, I was, oh, and I woke up, went downstairs, and there was water coming through the Did door. you have to admit that you fell asleep in the shower? Uh, <laughs> that would be too <laughs> embarrassing. Really I really needed to say, that sleep. Oh, I'm sorry. They, I think I said, oh, well, there must be something wrong with the shower. I'll look into it. I'll look into it, whatever. But, um, yeah, <laughs> but you yeah. would have had wet hair, wouldn't you? Uh, it would have yeah. been the t- <laughs> <laughs> Telltale song. But, but at home yeah. we have one of those bar showers but I find that the, the noise of it is similar to what we talk about rain there and it leads it, that's a way of me sort of observing my worries and sort of dealing yeah. with them it's still sort of, sort of safe place to do that do you think um, having since starting the podcast you've managed to regulate your own mm. fear or, or, or the way that you handle whether you think about fear differently definitely because part of the privilege of doing the podcast is that I get to ask people who are far wiser than I am what to do in those moments. Uh-huh. And it's been tremendously helpful. And also it's been very helpful in a broader sense because I am myself on that podcast. And I started that podcast because I felt like a failure in certain respects in my personal private life. And I wanted to explore that. And so I was for the first time kind of being open and vulnerable in a in a professional setting mm. and I realized that people connected to that and ironically it's become the most successful thing I've ever done and it's made me realize that therefore I don't need to put on an act because I'm so scared of what might happen if I were actually myself and that's really really liberating and that's a great gift that the podcast has given me so I so I automatically have less fear because I know that every failure I've ever experienced has taught me something meaningful. And I think that everyone has that opportunity to attach some sort of meaning to something that felt like a failure at the time, as cataclysmic as it might be, as much as you might wish that that had never happened. I personally choose to live my life in the belief that it will end up teaching me something. Well, that's That's absolutely fascinating. The, um, in terms of- (laughs) In terms of that kebab. No, no, Um, in terms of the show. So so the chili and garlic sauce (laughs) is- So you talk about well, yeah. failure. Obviously, is something you your podcast heavily mm-hmm. centres on. Have you had any food failures? Any times when a meal has gone horribly wrong? You've had a takeaway disaster, or is there a particular meal that stands out as one for you, which was just apart from the ones that I like vomited off? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Apart from the caviar, yeah. the oysters, yeah. Apart from <laughs> and, my and the poor, fish. poor me. Um, can I also just say, like, I, f- I keep forgetting to say that my guilty pleasure takeaway. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so I sometimes do how to fail live shows, and they're an amazing experience because it's just an auditorium full of people who are there to be vulnerable and connect. And afterwards, I'm often on a high, and then. Um, we come back here and order a Domino's pizza. Oh, oh, I mean, serious. the greatest. Well, there is actually, there is a question, we, two questions we asked. Our, yes, uh, this is how we guests. usually wrap, wrap okay. it up. Oh, okay. Which are your go-to orders for McDonald's and Domino's. So let's. So okay. what, what would your Domino's order be then? I like a, <laughs> a vegetarian pizza with pepperoni. Really? <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Day, yes, please. Multi-layered. I'm this a, is <laughs> so, I love that. It's so nice because you get all the pepper and the mushroom and all, it's just an easy order. But then I like the garlic dip that comes as well. Oh, yeah. oh, just dipping a crust into that. Yeah. So when you ring oh, up and God. you order a vegetarian yes. pizza and then yeah. y- you curveball it by 
adding. I don't ring up. It's not the eighties. You don't ring up. It's not the eighties. It's the app, isn't it? It's the app with the I ring up with Domino's because I ask them to put my pizza through twice because I like it crispy. Yeah, so I do still speak to them on the phone when I you went out. You do realise they never bloody do it. They They're do. Like, it's always... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it. to do that. Yeah. And they, and you, can, huh. they sound, you can tell they sound excited as well. They go, oh, this is Ooh, a, a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't, I'm sure they do sound excited. <laughs> I do I'm, I'm dealing with a, uh, <laughs> with a chef. <laughs> yeah. The garlic and herb dip is amazing as well. We, we, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So good. So good. Um, meal disasters. Uh, a couple... I um I once <laughs> I once made what I thought was an absolutely delicious risotto. No, I don't mean risotto, paella. And it had both fish and meat in it. And I had gone to buy like the priciest pork loin that you could buy because that, that's what the recipe required and I was having to like people around for dinner and so I, it was with prawns as well and obviously I like the port loin because no bones yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. winning yeah. Um, and I made the risotto and I served it and everyone was like this is so delicious this is so the pork is so tender it just like melts in your mouth yeah. and about halfway through I realised the pork was basically raw oh, it was, oh god it was it was like pork oh, sushi and, that's, <laughs> and it was amazingly tender for yeah. raw pork. But I was like, I don't, should I fess up now? Oh, no. Or, and yes. I did, I did, I did fess <laughs> yeah. up. I did fess up, I did fess up. Or should I wait three years and announce it on a podcast? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So that was one. Yeah. Although no one was ill afterwards. I don't, okay. Well, not that I heard of. So that's a relief. Yeah. But the other one was uh, my, the first place I lived after university, like 85% of the London population was Clapham yeah. <laughs> yeah. in a house share. And um, I remember my boyfriend at the time coming around with his like close female friends. And you know what it's like when you're going out with someone and they have a close friend of, the, of another gender and you yeah. want to impress them. And show yeah. like what an amazing cook you are. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. And I made a roast chicken with all the trimmings. And for some reason, I decided that I was going to roast broccoli. Right. And so. um, I attempted it, but I left it in too long, oh, and no. it came out, and it was sort of withered, w- withered, but yeah. also oily. I'm not quite sure yeah, how I yeah, managed yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. looked shrunken, just like a shrunken old lady hand, green hands. <laughs> it was very weird. Oh, when they find those yeah. mummified hands removed. Mummified hands. <laughs> okay, yeah. Needless to say, it didn't impress my boyfriend's close female friend. Who's sort of Who is she? Why did you impress her? I don't like her. I know. Let's yeah. get rid of her. Well, <laughs> he's an ex now for a reason. <laughs> and... um. Anyway, so, and then many years later, I wrote a book called How to Fail, which is kind of part memoir, part manifesto. And in it, I was talking about how I felt like I'd failed at my 20s and so many people do. And this roast broccoli became a kind of running theme throughout the chapter. Oh. And I was like, and during my 20s, I learned many things, blah, blah, blah. And I learned never to roast broccoli again. I, I have so many messages about that sentence saying, <laughs> really? I think you'll find that roast broccoli is absolutely delicious and here's a recipe you should try. <laughs> have you tried it since? I haven't tried it since because honestly have I'm Have you traumatized. roasted broccoli since that time? No. Do you think that would genuinely be quite a big moment I in your life? I genuinely do think it would. It would symbolise so much because like... Yeah, it would. You'd have to choose a moment. I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm just doing this for me. The yeah. thing is, what yeah. would happen? You go, I'm, I'm a new me and I can do this now. And then you put it in and it would come out and it'd be a little wrinkled hand again. And you go, go oh no, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe that you're writing a book at the moment. I am. And I've also just written one, which is available in all good bookshops in oh. paperback form. Oh, 
So tell us the name of the one that's now available and the one so that I'll will soon that be one. available. So the one that's now available is called Magpie and it's the one that I wrote in lockdown listening to those ambient coffee shop sounds. All right, okay. And it came out in paperback in April and I'm really proud of it, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, partly because it... I don't want to get... Well, do I? I'm just going to get quite deep. Um, no, do. It's about... It's a story about infertility and uh womanhood and what it means to be the quote unquote perfect woman and that's all wrapped up in the guise of a sort of thriller there's a big twist in it right yeah and and i hope it's a kind of compulsive read but the reason i'm proud of it is because shortly before i finished writing it i had my third miscarriage and that was during lockdown and it was an incredibly painful and emotional thing to happen and in the aftermath, it felt like I wanted to put something in the place of that absence. And so Magpie exists and that and that and I'm sort of proud of that. It was painful and cathartic at the same time. Mm. I'm really glad that I got to write about it. And it does feel like a meaningful contribution because I know that so many women and men go through similar things in silence because there's still so much misplaced shame attached to those experiences and so it's one of the things that I feel very passionate in talking about and writing mm. about and um communicating really so that because I think the antidote to shame as Brene Brown once said is communication like, is talking about stuff that's the, the the way that you can corrode shame mm. um and so yes it's really important to me that that book exists and I think it's the book that I would have liked to have read when I was going through some of the experiences which are part of the plot that's amazing that's interesting elizabeth this has been an absolute joy what a, what a, a loved pleasure it. to speak to you um before we go i mean we ask our guests this do you have any are there any gripes any things that annoy you about takeaways any things that you could do without yes let me think this sounds so bad <laughs> do you, it just sort of annoyed me but i completely understand why from an ethical perspective they stopped giving takeaway cutlery and napkins automatically yes. with takeaways yeah. and i completely understand and i think it's absolutely the right thing to do but there's part of me that feels such nostalgia because part of the joy of a takeaway was that you didn't have to think of anything you didn't have to think of getting oh. cutlery oh, you didn't have yeah, to think of washing point. up afterwards and so i sort of miss that but i also i'm 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 willing to miss it to save the environment because <laughs> that's the kind of gal i am so you would yeah. eat with a little plastic knife and fork when yeah. it turned up and you, would you really i didn't mind doing that as well i'll tell you i'll tell you simran if you agree with this the worst takeaway cutlery is the little wooden pointy thing you get at a fish and chip shop tiny two-pronged fork that's a chopstick what yeah. is that no, no. <laughs> I love the, chopsticks. the little wooden pointy thing you get the the, the little two-pronged pointer you get from a fish and chip shop i don't know what that yes. is. it looks it looks like a sort of flosser without the floss yeah. it's pointless it's oh okay i don't mind that do you i hate it well i just feel like it's important it culture, breaks after it? one sort of you yeah. use it and you i don't know so it's all about the quality of the but if you get chopstick scent that's a, that's a joy because they, they get kept, they get put oh, in the cupboard. Oh, you've got a whole oh, yeah. pile in the yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. I'm gaming the system. Do you know yeah. what it is? It's like airplane meals. I always feel like I'm getting something for free. I'm not. It's being factored into the ticket price. Yeah. But I still get that sense of thrill. That's true. I do get the sense. It's the same if, they, if they're offering prawn crackers. I think that's, <gasps> I that, they're, they're losing money by giving that to me. Is yeah. what I feel like. But they're obviously not. It's <laughs> so true. It's so true. My girlfriend gets so excited when we go on a plane. Like, like we could be going, let's say we're going to New York or whatever 
camera and they turn out to be glamorous. What? Whatever. <laughs> you frame that. It should be like we're going fucking yeah. Glasgow. Let's be clear. We're very tired parents. We haven't been to New York in years. <laughs> but uh, we, okay, we once went to New York. Uh, and uh, but she will sort of uh, get more excited about the flight than she will the place we're going to. And her, her, I can feel her little feet are sort of dancing on the floor of the plane as they bring out this. Of terrible food, but she's so excited. Yeah. Like, but she looks around and then she'll she'll ask for an extra drink and she'll sort of really like like she's beating ba, <laughs> like I she's really it. excited about it. And also just like your little TV screen, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Chair in front again, it's just like oh, this is it's, it's, <laughs> this is what I longs for as a as a kid. I wanted yeah. on long car journeys to have a TV screen in the back of my parents' <laughs> headrest. It's yes. Oh yeah, I'm with your girlfriend. I think that's a good gripe. I'm also thinking about getting some quality chopsticks. So if any listeners know of any quality chopsticks, do genuinely send us a link because I do want to buy some. <laughs> I've decided I've got to that point. I want to have some quality chopsticks. I'm going to invest in them, put them in the drawer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I need to do it. Um, shall Shall we uh, review this meal? I think. Yes. I, I thought this was absolutely delicious. Where Where what, Where's this from again? This is so from. Please, it's from Beirut on Camberwell road and it's spelt b-a-y separate word r-o-o-t yeah and camberwell road is in camberwell in in south london yes. for anyone who's uh listening from outside london uh yes i, I what was your favorite dish sim what would you say what was the thing well that sort of... as you know i'm a fan of baba ganoush yeah and i'm a fan of aubergine so the, i think the aubergine stew was great for me it was going to be the, the the charred chicken which i feel like i'm taking away from the two of you as a choice but you can say that as well it was the charred Thank chicken. <laughs> the charred chicken thigh. Uh, my favourite is always the aubergine stew. Yeah. I just yeah. love the kind of the soft unctuousness of the aubergine mm. and then mopping up the sauce with the rice and the flatbread. Yes. Even as you're saying it, I feel like, no, I made the wrong choice. There, <laughs> no, I should have said that in the way that you said it. My favourite, actually, look at this. We've got a full spread. I'm going for the... Um, this was the aubergine. I, the which was my favourite. Here we go. The, oh no, it was the same. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So we have it. was also the aubergine. I'm so sorry because I didn't get you too much choice. We should have got different dishes. No, no, this is perfect. great. Yeah, this is, this is okay. ideal. The aubergine, the chicken ideal. was lovely. Did you like the babagoosh? I haven't had any babagoosh. Okay, Let's wrap it up with me having one little that. mouthful. Let's find out if this is. Can have some pommes around it in there. Yeah. Oh. Right, like I'm go. 21 again. Is there's it? also some um, <laughs> some baklava. Is that oh my god, there's oh, really? baklava, which I also really really like. I that forgot. Sticky Here we go. Pastry. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, I'll open that this up. So so nice. What a, what a great place. Um, well, place. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Um, you, you are a joy to speak to, and I've absolutely loved every moment of this. So thank you very much for giving oh, us your time. I've loved it too. Thank you so much. This was great. We can have some baklava to finish. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming over. The fantastic Elizabeth Day there. Such a great chat. Joyful evening. Really, really enjoyed that. Thank you for listening, as usual. Um, Please leave us uh, a review, subscribe, like, share the word about the show if you're enjoying it, because it really means so much and it really helps us, um, yeah, helps grow this show that we love doing. See you next week. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.